0: Welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and season fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. And welcome to the show. Bienvenidos to the show. <laughs> yes, bienvenidos <laughs> <on> the show. <laughs> um, we have a very exciting episode today. Um, something that people have asked for before in our mm-hmm. episode suggestions. And kind of like a sister episode to our long ago episode about yes. K-Pop in the United States. We're gonna talk about K pop in the whole of Latin America today. Yes. And Angelica did so much research, and I'm just sitting here buzzing excited <laughs> to hear all about it because I was useless for this episode because I took Spanish in high school and my high school only had football coaches as (laughs) Spanish teachers and we absolutely only watched movies like (laughs) we only watched movies I don't speak any Spanish at all so
1: I'm so excited about this Do you have any thoughts up top before we get started? Um, Well, I mean, we've definitely, I feel like, have touched on the Latin American market in different episodes before, especially when we started talking about, like, concerts and, like, the Hollywood wave in general. Um, But I was really excited to dive in and learn a little bit more about the, like, spread of uh, Hollywood content in Latin America. And there were so many different... Aspects that I could have taken this research, like so many different roads I could have gone down. I really tried to focus. Um, but it was just, there was so much information and I found a lot of really great stuff. So I'm excited to dive into it too.
0: I'm so excited. There's so much on this doc. I feel like you could probably do an entire podcast and I bet there are like Spanish language podcasts that like just focus on this one region of K-pop fandom. There
1: definitely is, I think the market for it and also the content for it. It's a whole, it's a whole world. It's a whole world. Um, so we're going to take, take a little swim into it and, uh, and take a look around.
0: Okay, let's go. So
1: I started my research by looking into immigration patterns from Korea to Latin America. And the reason I started there is because I wanted to get a sense of like where the Korean diaspora was in Latin America. because especially living here in LA, like there's a huge population of Korean people who live in LA, and so the first like K-pop events that happened in the US were in Southern California. So I figured the best way of starting to make a timeline was by looking at where Korean people are in right. Latin America. Right. Okay. So. What I learned was that apparently the last four South Korean presidents have spearheaded efforts to reconnect the Korean diasporas in both Latin America and Eurasian regions in order to build the country's foreign policies in those areas. And the very first documented immigration from Korea to Latin America was in 1905. There was a wave of Korean laborers who went to the Yucatan Peninsula for work after the Japanese Russo War when Korea became a protectorate under Japan and they eventually established a population in the Yucatan Peninsula of Mexico that had about 7,000 people
0: which is a ton for like yeah. that long ago or at any point really 7,000 people is a lot Absolutely
1: and these people were in an interesting uh they were in an interesting position because They signed, like, five-year labor contracts where they worked on these plantations, and then when their contracts ended, Korea had been, like what is the word dissolved right because it was japan, just a like, japanese yeah they colony got colonized now, yeah. and so then the korean immigrants no longer had korean citizenship because korea didn't exist but they rejected the japanese citizenship and instead were like people without a country that's what
0: was pachinko covered as well of mm-hmm. like people who had run away to japan but then they weren't koreans but they weren't japanese either and so they right. lived at this weird like illegal status for like a hundred years
1: so So these Korean immigrants in Mexico did not live in an illegal status for 100 years because they actually, in 1919, led an independence movement in the Yucatan and established a provisional Korean government in Mexico. So I bring that up now, in 1919, because it's going to come back up later. That's wild. Okay. There was so much history (laughs) that I'm very much skimming over, you guys. There's so much more to this story. But then in the early 1960s, the government of South Korea Korea specifically began to establish relations with every country in Latin America except for Cuba. um, Because at the time, Latin America was welcoming migrant workers and South Korea had an unemployment rate of 8%. So the country was promoting immigration to Latin America through the Overseas Immigration Act, and immigrants moved from Korea to Brazil, Paraguay, Argentina, Peru, and Chile. Then in the 1970s and 80s, we got a second wave of labor migration to Mexico of people looking for better working conditions. And this was people from Korea, but also Koreans who lived in other countries of Latin America who were moving to Mexico specifically. So like... Koreans who had initially immigrated to like Paraguay were now moving to Mexico because Mexico was in a prosperous state and, and had people were moving jobs. there to okay. work. Exactly. So by the 90s, there were about 20,000 ethnic Koreans living in Mexico alone. That population raised to 30,000 by 2021. Um, but the Korean-Mexican population only started receiving recognition in the early 2000s after both increased soft power and diplomacy between Korea and Mexico. Okay. Okay. So in 2007, on that note... Uh, Incheon, South Korea, and Merida, Mexico, became official twin cities in recognition of this initial 1905 immigration, and on March 18th, 2021, the Mexican Congress approved May 4th as the Day of the Korean Immigrant, a national holiday, which was originally celebrated in the Yucatan since 2019 to mark the 100th anniversary of the independence movement and establishment of the government. That's so cool! fascinating so a little bit of some cultural context for the like relations between these two regions give us an idea of like where a lot of the korean populations are we've got a big chunk in mexico a big population in argentina uh brazil and then we're also going to see a lot of like peru and chile as well throughout the timeline So, this takes us into the Hollywood timeline. And our timeline starts in 2006 with the establishment of a Korean cultural center in Buenos Aires, Argentina. A few years later, there was one in Mexico City and Sao Paulo, Brazil. Uh, And these cultural centers are sponsored by a subsidiary of the Korean Ministry of Culture, Sports, and Tourism. We've talked about this department a lot. We did a whole episode on it. Yes, the Ministry of K-pop. This is the... Department of the Korean government that subsidizes Hollywood, um, So they also sponsored these Korean cultural centers in Latin America. And the centers organize concerts, art shows, and film festivals. Um, and so they're a really good hub for Hollywood events in Latin Mm-mm-mm. America. And according to these centers, Mexico City is currently known for their K-pop fan base of over 3 million people. Wow. So... 2011 is where we get our big bang when it comes to Hollywood events in Latin America. And we have to give credit to both uh, our corporate sponsors, LG and Samsung. Couldn't have done it without y'all. Uh, but we had three different K pop competitions take place in three different countries. All in 2011. So the first one was called K-pop by LG. This was a yearly dancing competition in Colombia sponsored by LG Electronics that took place from 2011 to 2013 from October to December in three major cities across the country. Then we had competition, K-pop competition in Latin America. This was co-hosted by the Korean Cultural Center in Argentina and a local Samsung group. So there's our corporate sponsor. And the first year saw 14 teams from six countries apply online and compete regionally to then travel to Buenos Aires for the final round. And these performers had to do full covers, not just the dance, but also they had to okay. sing the okay. song. So that means they had to learn it and then perform it while dancing in Korean. Um, and they it was supposedly judged by a panel of both K-pop idols and Argentine celebrities, but I couldn't find a list of who... Mm -hmm. was at this first competition but it took place annually until at least 2016 I believe it still takes place because the grand prize is a performance at the K-pop world festival. I literally
0: have just been seeing TikToks this past week or two of people who were in this year's K-pop world festival because it just happened so it still happens. Mm -hmm.
1: So the K-pop world festival happens in Changwon South Korea. That still takes place every year so I assume that these regional competitions that take place all over the world not just in Latin America uh, I assume that they, they still all take place as well one, and yeah. they feed into the festival and we'll talk a little bit more about the World Festival later in our timeline but this was the first year that the regional um, competition piece of it happened in Latin America then we also had, in the same year, the 2011 K-pop Cover Dance Festival. This was hosted by a committee of the Visit Korea Year Tourism campaign and held in Sao Paulo, Brazil, where 20 local teams competed and performed covers for a panel of idol judges. And the first year panel had 2PM, Super Junior, Girls' Generation, Shiny, Kara, Beast, In Black, Miss A, and Tiara all on the panel. All of these idols So went. they
0: all went to Brazil yeah. and sat at a table and did judging for this? Yes,
1: and they judged the competition and then apparently also performed a few songs, at least M. Black did because I found Video videos of, it. of them. Wow. But apparently all these people went. Can you believe it? It was a big freaking that deal. That is
0: pretty amazing.
1: But this was part of a global competition that also had stops in LA, Tokyo, Bangkok, and Madrid, and the contestants were competing for a final prize of a performance in in Gyeongju North Gyeongsang and the competition aired on NBC.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's all super fascinating and I just have to say like a piece of commentary about the first two being sponsored by LG and, and Samsung. Samsung because I've talked about this book on the show so many times but there's a book called Birth of Korean Cool by Uni Hong and she talks about Hallyu stuff and how a really big part of it was LG and Samsung sponsoring as many like dramas and music things as they could because they knew that they couldn't compete with like I don't know whatever fancy American brands so they were like we're going to spread our shows and our music Mm -hmm. to like second and third world countries that are more on our level and convince them that they need a Samsung washing machine or an LG phone and like try to like Market to a different market, tier. different yeah, yeah, yeah. tier of mar- like a similar country tier or whatever. Anyway, it's all just very fascinating. It's very fascinating. Yeah,
1: that was one of the most interesting takeaways that I got out of all of this uh, research. I kept coming back to that book, The Birth of Korean Cool, because it is like the sp- what we're going to see this like spread. Of Hollywood through Latin America. It is a very conscious and deliberate effort on the part of the Korean government. And they establish these cultural centers, and then that leads to these Hollywood events, which then leads to a huge booming market, which leads to concerts and tours and all these things. So it's just so, I mean, this is why we fucking love K pop because it's like so, the machine (laughs) of it is so fascinating. Um, but so uh, in this same year, continuing on 2011, our big boom for Latin America, a survey by the International Korean Foundation of Cultural Exchange asked Brazilians to pick their top 10 Korean groups in 2011. And they were in descending order from number er, yeah, from number one to number 10 is Super Junior, Shiny, Big Bang, Boa, Girls' Generation, 2 Anyone, 2PM, 4 Minute, FX, and the Wonder Girls. These were the most popular groups at the time yG this year also opened a global voting contest to br- have fans try and bring big Bang to their country okay <laughs> Brazil Chile and Peru battled it out for the top spots with Peru eventually winning out for a tour date the following year in 2012 so we will come back to that big bang tour and then apparently this was the year of k-pop flash mobs that sounds right yeah 2011 2011 sounds is right. definitely when a lot of flash mobs were happening and Latin America did Did not escape this trend. One mob in Peru specifically had the agenda of we want an SM town in Peru. And this was essentially like an impromptu concert where they like cosplayed SM town in Peru. Uh And they have a huge banner. We put a video of it in the playlist. There's a huge banner where they took the real font and like Photoshopped a logo that says SM town Peru. And then they had... all of these like fan dancers like come out and like be girls (laughs) generation or like be tvxq and it was amazing and it was actually recognized by sm who responded with an official statement saying quote we were so touched by and thankful of the warm support of peruvian fans from across the world we hope there will be a chance to perform in south america and meet the fans so they uh they did work then we had another flash mob event in Argentina, uh, where something that looked like hundreds of people gathered to do specifically girl group covers. And there is a blonde in this video at the front who comes back later, I okay. think. okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, so major flash mobs happening all over Latin America. Um, and we also had many instances this year of K-pop appearing on local TV channels. So in Mexico, fans had the opportunity to promote their favorite k-pop groups on local tv stations Uh, a tv station azteca had a program called venga la alegría which means like bring the joy Mm. and on this show they have a 90 second segment where you can feature a group a music group with different short clips and so fans started submitting different k-pop groups and the first group to be featured on the segment was big bang and then they quickly also featured dbsk 2pm beast double s 501 shiny wonder girls to anyone and black rain and super junior all on venga la alegría in panama a music channel plus 23 or plus 23 i don't know <laughs> uh featured a music program called Banzai, which was one hour of k-pop and j-pop music videos okay yeah i was noticing a lot when skimming this stuff and
0: reading articles that there was a lot of like J-pop being mentioned alongside mm-hmm. of it, like yes, that the...
1: and in a lot of the news programs and packages that we see later, there's also a big connection to like the popularity of manga and anime, and they're like it started with Dragon Ball Z, and then, like <laughs> it's all they like kind of lump it together. Um, on Brazil, we had or in Brazil, we had a TV show called Leitura Dinâmica, which means dynamic reading, um, and they did a special investigative report into this K-pop phenomenon and reportedly spent weeks interviewing fans and also had Tiger, JK, and Yoon Mide in the package introducing K-pop to Brazil. Uh, this report specifically points out the popularity of the genre despite the fact that no one has performed in mm-hmm. Brazil yet uh, and it highlighted s- four different art, five different artists, You Kiss, Boa, 2Anyone, Big Bang, and Girls Generation and the package mentioned that apparently the girls generation song hoot had become a dance craze in brazil and many celebrity like djs were using it in their sets love that um so that was really fun and like special shout out to the subtitlers of that random brazilian news package from 2011 because they subbed it in english and they gave us a special at this point in the package like told us about a fantastic brazilian dj whom i will speak more about at the end of the episode okay great so stay tuned Last mention of a K-pop on Latin American TV in 2011 was in Peru. The official Facebook page for a show called El Gran Show, which is a dance reality show, asked viewers to suggest genres for their contestants to perform. And there was a huge influx of suggestions for K-pop. But for whatever reason, the producers ignored these requests. And I didn't find details of exactly what happened after these requests were ignored, but there was apparently so much quote, turmoil and backlash from fans that in the following year, in 2012, producers specifically featured performances to Ring Ding Dong, Fantastic Baby, Sorry Sorry, and Gangnam Style.
0: That sounds like really (laughs) familiar, like sounds so close to what still happens today, Where army get really pissed when American DJs ignore their requests to play BTS, and they're Mm. like, "I won't play it," and then like,
1: ah, and then the
0: fight starts.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And maybe so is the producers being like, "We don't want K-pop on this show," and then everyone was like, "We will destroy you." (laughs) So they got their wish, and the following year they got their K-pop on El Gran Show. Love it. So moving into 2012, uh, we have our first Korean artist to hold a concert in South America with the JYJ JYJ tour. JYJ was first? Yes, JYJ was first. Wow. They had two stops in Chile and Peru, uh, and the tour dates sold out in less than two days, which broke the record for foreign artists at the time, and some fans even camped out overnight in order to score VIP tickets. Yoo Chun said, quote, we are happy that we can keep our promise to our fans and we will prepare a perfect performance to match the passion of South America. All right. Then You Kiss appeared on on the Peruvian television show Dos Sapos Una Reina, which means two toads, one queen. Uh, They performed the title track from their seventh EP, Stop Girl, and they were also there to judge a dance cover competition of different Peruvian um, teams who danced to you Kiss okay. songs. And there were like three groups that all did Stop Girl. I was like, why did we? They have other songs. Like, why, <laughs> why did we do this? They already performed it themselves, but whatever. That whole <laughs> was, like
0: 30 minute episode is in our YouTube playlist. Yes, it I is. And yes. it's uh,
1: pretty awkward. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It's, it's a little hard to watch, but it's there. <laughs> then we had a Flash Mob K pop Mexico. And this was an official collaboration between. Hallyu Mexican Lovers, a, like, local group, KBS, Generacion Hallyu, and the Korean Cultural Center in Mexico City. And this flash mob did a public performance of Xinhua's Venus, Big Bang's Fantastic Baby, and Super Junior's Sexy Free and Single. And it's a whole big production. They have, like, all the female backup dancers and everything, too. It's, like, it's a big deal. Then we had Junsu of JYJ. He came back for his Sha first world tour and had three stops in Mexico, Brazil, and Chile. Then the Music Bank World Tour stopped in Viña del Mar, Chile, with Super Junior, C Blue, After School, M Black, Da Vici, and Rania. And Super Junior sat down with, the Ch- with a Chilean news outlet at the time and explained that K-pop was getting more popular in South America, and they hoped that this concert would bring more recognition to the genre. And then lastly, we had Big Bang and they brought their, uh, a live galaxy tour sponsored by Samsung to mm. Lima, Peru. All right. So then 2013, Super Junior starts us off by coming through with their promise and bringing Super Show 5 to South America.
0: I feel like Super Junior, like before we even get into it, like- I feel like Super oh, Junior yeah. is like it, the arguably the cornerstone cornerstone yeah, yeah, yeah. of K-pop in Latin America. Like they've been everywhere; they've been on every TV show. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know where how their fans are distributed, but I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if the majority of
1: them yeah, are yeah, in yeah. South
0: America. Like Super Junior, like has rules. a huge,
1: huge <laughs> stronghold in South in Latin America as well. Um, yeah, it's it's. Pretty interesting. I would guess that their biggest, like, international fan base is hands down Latin America. Yeah. Um, but so they, their Super Show 5 had five stops in Brazil, Argentina, Chile, Peru, and Mexico. And more than 10,000 fans gathered at the arena in Peru, with another 3,000 that were outside just to cheer them on. Didn't have tickets to the show, but they came anyway. That cracks me up
0: and I love it I when there's people so just funny.
1: outside
0: trying to hear yeah. it over mm-hmm. the stadium
1: and just to like be there just for the experience (laughs) of like yeah yeah. exactly but so this was the largest south american tour by a korean artist at the time and the chile show set a record for the largest audience for a korean group in south america with twelve thousand fans their concert in brazil was the first independent concert by a korean group in the country and the only place that they sold out in south america their concert in Mexico sold out. So that was in South America. Mexico's technically in Central America. Right, right, right. So their concert in Mexico sold out in five hours and set the record for the largest audience for a super show outside of Asia and the most attended concert in Latin America for a Korean group, which broke their own previous record they had just set in Chile because now they have 15,000 fans in all Mexico. All right, all right. They were covered on the Chilean news uh, because of the fervor around the concert, as well as the rise in popularity uh, of Korean snacks and K-pop and Hallyu in general with teens. And this Chilean news package introduced a group called Blue Boys, and they are a Super Junior cover group that call themselves Chile's Super Junior. They were later that same year featured on a South Korean news NBC package about K-pop in Latin America, which is narrated by Kyuhyun of Super Junior. And here is Blue Boys introducing themselves as Chile's Super Junior. are. <laughs> So they eventually did get to meet Super Junior while they were uh, in town on their tour. They got to take pictures and everything. And one thing that's funny about the Blue Boys is that they have like look-alikes yes they one one-to-one recreated. they one-to-one, yeah, recreated. Yeah, yeah. They super one-to-one recreated super junior and we like go in that package they like go into the chilean shindongs like room and it's like a shrine to shindong it's wild <laughs> it's, it's wild um, but anyway that happened <laughs> an argentinian news channel also aired a report on k-pop significance worldwide and domestically during this tour and they dedicated an episode of a program called En el Lugar Justo to el movimiento K-pop mm. <laughs> or the phenomenon of K-pop. And they mentioned that it was growing every day in popularity in Argentina and they discussed K-pop as a bridge between Korea and Argentina and focused on the K-pop cover dance festivals that happen locally, the local fan clubs and fans who had traveled from all around the continent just to come to this super show concert in Argentina. Um, and it It included a statement from a press conference with Super Junior themselves about performing in the region. Um, And this was a really nice little news package. I thought it did like a a good job of... Just going directly to the fans and like asking them what's the deal with K pop. Right.
0: Instead of doing that very othering, like,
1: yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, like thing exactly. That
0: happens with news reports a lot. Mm-hmm.
1: And it was fun too because like the main journalist, he was like really into it and like thought K pop was fascinating and was like, this phenomenon is so cool. Like these teens are so organized. And the like anchor he was talking to was kind of like, all right, but like, what is the deal with it? And he was like, no, isn't this great? And so that was really fun. Um, but anyway, moving on in this uh, the rest of the year, we are in 2013. We had TVXQ bring their Catch Me World Tour to one stop in Santiago, Chile. M Black in Mexico did one night in Mexico City. Newest brought their circuit of K-pop to one night in Curitiba, Brazil. This included a press conference and a fan sign before the concert. It was the first K-pop concert in this city and the first newest concert in Brazil. Then we had an event called the 2K13 Feel Korea in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And this was a mini concert held to celebrate 50 years of Korean immigration to Brazil. Okay, okay. And it was tying it all all back together. There's a reason I started (laughs) with the history. Um, And this was put on by our favorite Korean Ministry of Culture, Sports and Tourism, along with a tourism organization and Korean Consulate of Brazil. We love those government subsidies as (laughs) well. you is all about. about yeah this event featured dance and makeup workshops and then performances by Kim Hyun-jung A Lee a hip hop duo called Bae Chigi Bae Chigi a comedy group called Ongals and a dance group called TMF very cool and lastly, for 2013, I found an NPR article that was specifically about Latin America's teen K-pop fans. Okay. And it focused on a growing subculture of teens in Mexico City called Los K-poppers. Who would <laughs> meet K-popers. I know, Los K-poppers. <laughs> I think it's so funny. <laughs> that comes up a couple times throughout the timeline, and it's, it's just such a cute phrase. But they would meet at a Korean bakery in Mexico City and, quote, save every peso to spend Spend on imported K pop stuff like a new DVD box set of their favorite group, Super Junior. <laughs> This article labeled Latin America as K-pop's fastest growing market with, quote, K-pop haircuts being offered in Peruvian barbershops and an American Idol style K-pop reality show produced in Colombia. Okay. It also mentioned that at the time, Drama Fever, R.A.P., had expanded its content to include Spanish subtitles and the region immediately became 12% of the company's total business. Wow! Yeah. Isn't that wild? And they were estimated, like, Drama Fever, the article was positing that Drama Fever was, like, making bank now that they decided to do Spanish subtitles because not only did Latin America make up 12% of their total revenue, but also 35% of their United States users were Latino. Also speak Spanish.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it just really opens the doors. It really opens it
1: up. So then 2014, we had more tours. CN Blue brought their Blue Moon World Tour to three stops in Mexico, Peru, and Chile. The Shiny World 3 Tour went to three stops in Mexico, Chile, and Argentina. BTS held their first sa- fan meeting in Sao Paulo, Brazil, which was filled to capacity. Newest did a specifically Latin American tour with four stops in Mexico, Brazil, Chile, and Peru. And the Music Bank World Tour came back, this time For two stops. First, we went to Rio de Janeiro in Brazil with Infinite, Ailey, BAP, Shiny, M Black, and MIB. And then we went to Mexico City with Ailey, BAP, Beast, Infinite, BTS, Girls Day, and XOK. And I just have to take a moment right now because this was the first time XOK went to Mexico and they killed all Spanish-speaking XOLs everywhere with this cover of the Bolero Sabor a Mi.
0: Pasará más de mil años, muchos demás. Yo no sé si tengamos la eternidad Pero ahí está como aquí, en la boca llevarás Sabor a Mi
1: final harmony yeah it just murders me chanyol's guitar playing is so (laughs) beautiful so that is just Beckyon, dio suho and chanyol and chanyol's playing the guitar and it's so it's so wonderful it's so wonderful i put it in the playlist all right then we have some more fun events we get a k-pop flash mob event in buenos aires that makes the national news This was called K-pop and show match, and it was organized by fan choreographers and the Korean Cultural Center in Buenos Aires. This K-pop and show match happened at least two years in a row, if not more. And I think that the blonde woman who was in the Argentine flash mob from 2011 is the fan choreographer that, that is interviewed, interviewed in this package. In this yeah, package. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that she must be one of the like main community K-pop leaders dance yeah, yeah, teachers yeah. In, at, in Buenos Aires. So she's the <laughs> she's like our Uno. Like she's yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, so at this flash mob, they performed multiple dance covers, including Hurricane Venus, Mr. Mister, and another song that I didn't recognize because it got cut off in the te- in the news package. They had a lot of technical. It's difficulties. Definitely
0: one of those, there's the people in the studio. And- and then there's a girl out at the park where this event is happening yes. and they're doing that, like yelling through the camera and trying to like
1: mm-hmm. they
0: get the dancers ready at one point and then like the wrong music plays. Or like and then, the music like,
1: starts and then it stops halfway through. <laughs> so then they like have to banter and then, OK, the music's ready now. And then like, yeah, it's kind of a mess. And I don't know if that new that journalist was new or what, but she is young. She's holding two microphones. She never uses them both. It's like quite a mess, but it was a big, it was a big event and it happened multiple times a year. So there you go. K-pop and show match in Buenos Aires. Then... We have the K-pop World Festival in Changwon, South Korea. So I mentioned this in 2011. This is an annual K-pop talent competition organized by South Korea's Ministry of Foreign Affairs, where fans from around the world compete regionally and then fly to Korea for the final talent show in Changwon. And so uh, one of the regional competitions is takes place in Buenos Aires. But 2014 was the first year that a Latin American country was represented in that final competition in Changwon. So 2011, 12, and 13, contestants did not make it to the final competition from Latin America. But in 2014, we had a performer named insong from Mexico who was a vocal act. They performed Eyes, Nose, Lips by Taeyang. And then another contestant called Level 2 from Chile. They were a boy band. I found a clip of oh, them. Oh, nice. I watched their little
0: like intro package and final performance. They were like a little boy band. Fantastic. And I think they did like an Infinite song or something. Or you? They did wrote- Ring a- also by Taehyung
1: and then the following year in 2015 was the first year that a Latin American contestant won an award at this K-pop world festival Uh, contestant Ryan from Mexico a vocal act won a excellent performance award for singing love song by rain and contestant Crystal from Uruguay was also a vocal act and won audience favorite for singing lonely by to anyone very cool That same year, 2015, FT Island brought their FTHX tour to four stops in Brazil, Chile, and Mexico. BTS Live Trilogy Episode 2, The Red Bullet Tour, brought three stops to Mexico, Brazil, and Chile. The Big Bang Made World Tour took one stop in Mexico. And then M. Black performed at the 50th anniversary of Friendship with South Korea celebration in Caracas, Venezuela. And finally, Brown-eyed Girls junior group Lunafly, a group we've gotten in the random game before. Yes, 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 I remember. They released in 2015. This is an event that did not happen in Latin America but is significant Important, and sure. related, so it's on the list. They released a Spanish album called Hermosos Recuerdos or Beautiful Memories with their lead single A Ti and it sounds like this. So this album uh, was a Korean release, but it was fully in Spanish. Uh, Well, it wasn't fully in Spanish. It had 10 tracks, five original Lunafly songs in Spanish, Three English versions of originally Spanish songs. Okay, interesting. And two instrumental versions. All right. And LunaFly had previously released two Spanish language singles: Quiero Besarte earlier in 2015. This is the song that we watched in our random game. Okay. Okay. And Super Héroe, superhero, from 2013. So this is a group that specifically makes spanish language music That's so often. interesting i wonder why i yeah. wonder if just like
0: one of them is interested in it or or if someone it's like at the company a, yeah, speaks spanish or
1: concept from the company i don't know i didn't look into lunify because there was so much other stuff yeah no, no into. I'm not, but it I'm would be interesting to, just... to look more and, and know why
0: yeah, because especially, like, it, it so far, it's, like, you know, bigger groups that are doing tours are coming mm-hmm. to Spanish-speaking, like, countries and stuff. But, like, this is a little, a small, like, a small-time ballad yeah. group. And so just the choice to record mm-hmm. entirely in Spanish, I'm just, like, I'm curious yeah, about that choice. Yeah, to record
1: entirely in Spanish or cover Spanish songs, like, yeah, interesting. Because it is obviously specifically marketed to latin america but like it's a group that might not already be well known like even in korea so yeah interesting choice All right. This takes us to 2016. Uh, We had the Korean Cultural Center in Mexico City team up with South Korea's Ministry of Culture, Sports and Tourism to open something called the Mexico K-Pop Academy. I believe this still takes place every year, but I could be wrong. Um, It is a 10-week program offered at the Instituto Nacional de Bellas Artes. And the first six weeks are for learning Korean lyrics, pronunciation, vocal and dance. Training, And then the last four weeks have advanced training in singing and choreography with professional trainers and choreographers from Ho Wan University. Uh, and apparently the trainers and choreographers who came that first year in 2016 had previously worked with SM artists TVXQ, JYJ, and SNSD. Uh, and that first year, 2016, more than 400 people from all over the country applied for just 60 spots. Ooh, so exclusive and so cool. Though. exclusive. That's very neat. In 2017, the BTS Wings Tour had two stops in Chile and Brazil. Their show in Santiago sold out in a record-breaking two hours. They were the first Korean artist to sell out the Movistar Arena, which is the largest indoor arena in Chile at 17,000 seats. And unfortunately, the venue in Sao Paulo only had 7,000 seats, and reportedly more than 50,000 fans tried to get tickets, which led to protests by the fans to try and get the cover. Company to change the venues but they did not so only fourteen thousand lucky people got to see bts yeah, that's in wild
0: i'm sure that the concert promoters were like kicking themselves. kicking themselves because i don't think that's something that you can on short mm. notice just like get a bigger stadium totally. but like they clearly extremely underestimated mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, which is interesting because the previous event that BTS had in Brazil was at capacity. It was a fan meeting. So it seems like poor planning that they didn't anticipate a high volume of people Mm -hmm. who would want to go. But that was their mistake. And I bet they never made it again. Then we had Exoplanet 3. The Exordium took one stop in Mexico. Card, the Wild Card, the first tour, took five stops in Brazil. And this was part of their pre-debut tour.
0: Yes. And I wrote a little note about this and it's an unfortunate one, mm-hmm. but I remember it making the big news. So to, so Card had released their like pre-debut mm-hmm. single and then went on this like world tour yeah. before they officially debuted. So they were in Brazil the week leading up to their actual debut. And a bunch of fans were like trending support hashtags after they appeared on a Brazilian show called Turma do Vovo Raul. And the host of this show, Raul, first asked a bunch of children to try to guess the nationality of CARD. Mm. They all guessed they yikes. were Japanese, and he was like, no. And then he mocked their accent and pulled back his eyes like oh, more yikes. than once when commenting on their appearance. And then he like started needling the members about if they were dating each other mm. or not. And it was just like... Very embarrassing, very racist, like not cool. And fortunately, it seemed like the Korean translator on stage did not translate a lot of this stuff to Card, but I'm sure that they realized what was going on and figured it out later. But anyway, um, a lot of fans were rightfully very angry about this and like trending hashtags and saying that the host needed to apologize. But there was also a small subset of people that were like, yes, this was bad, but we shouldn't condemn it so much because apparently this show is one of the only shows in Brazil that mm. often features K-pop. And sure. so it was like afraid to burn bridges, but still being mad at the host for treating Card
1: badly. Yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. just a bit of a little
0: international scandal.
1: Good to know. I mean, unfortunate, but good to know. Um, All right. Also in that same year, 2017, 17 brought their first world tour, The Diamond Edge, to one stop in Chile. Dreamcatcher took their Fly High world tour to four cities in Brazil. And we had the first KCON Mexico. There were over 30,000 attendees. The first day had performances by BTS, Eric Nam, EXID, and NCT 127. And the second day had Astro, Infinite H, Monsta X, and Red Velvet Without Joy. What a great K-Con lineup, yeah. by the way. <laughs> Incredible lineup. Uh, and apparently, Eric Nam he hosted the preliminary event in Spanish, which featured traditional Korean dance performances. And he was the MC of the main show because he is trilingual. Way to go, Eric mm-hmm. Nam. <laughs> Multi-talented, that guy. 2018, we start out with Music Bank bringing their world tour to Santiago, Chile, with performances by Temin, Twice, 101 One, VIX, BAP, and SF9. Then Super Junior brought Super Show 7 to four stops in Argentina, Peru, Chile, and Mexico. The tour included magazine and talk show appearances throughout Latin America, and CNN Chile at the time described the group as, quote, the biggest success in the K-pop industry. And Super Junior also at this time released their album, One more time, parentheses, otra vez, which contains five Latin tracks, including one featuring the Mexican band Rake and one featuring Dominican American singer Leslie Grace. And we will talk more about those collaborations in in a a moment. Then we had The Rose bring their Painted Rose World Tour to three stops in Mexico and Brazil. The Got 7 Eyes on You Tour went to three stops in Mexico, Argentina, and Chile. Dreamcatcher, welcome to the dream tour. Five stops in Argentina, Chile, Peru, Colombia, and Panama. The 24K, still with 24U, World Tour took five stops in Brazil, Chile, and Mexico. Card brought their 2018 Wild wild card tour in latin america this had six stops in mexico colombia chile argentina and brazil day six went on their first world tour they had two stops in brazil and chile and fun fact uh jay from day six was born in argentina oh yeah Yeah. we knew Mm -hmm. that yep so i i didn't like take the time to be like are there any latin american idols and there are like i think i mean Matt bm's mom is mexican and like samuel kim's samuel mom, dad Kim is, is, Me- mexican. is mexican and then like jay is asian ethnically but like born, born in argentina is a very small list so i didn't dedicate a whole like chapter of my research sure, sure, sure. to it. but throwing it there's out there few. now there's, there's a couple a few. all right last uh tour in 27 2018 was ace our beautiful ace they took their world tour to be an ace on three stops in argentina chile and mexico So that brings us to 2019. We start out with Oh My Girl, their first tour in Brazil. This had five shows in four cities in Brazil and was specifically a tour of that country. Yeah, that's cool. Then NCT 127 first tour Neo City took one stop in Mexico. And I found a video uh, from when they were in Mexico
0: and they went on a show called Despierta America, which which means
1: wake up, America. And it
0: is an American show that airs on an American television show called Univision. Um, But anyway, they film it in Mexico. It's technically an American show. Point is, it is one of the most awkward K-pop people on a morning news thing I've ever seen like when NCT gets out of the van like out of the van outside of the store or outside of the place the host is waiting for them with the microphone and then this poor girl who like memorized a little like Thanks for coming. We brought you some donuts, like says that in Korean. And then the host is like, tell them this. How do you say this? And like, nobody understands each other. And then he looks at the girl and he's like, pesos, pesos. And he makes her cheek kiss one of the NCTs and he like,
1: Oh, oh my, my god. god! It was so, so funny because, the, yeah, like your pushy uncle, he like suddenly is like, give him a kiss, give him a kiss on the cheek, do it, give him a kiss, and she's like, uh, okay, and so she walks up to Taeyong and just like gives him a kiss on the cheek, and he didn't see it coming and is very surprised, and then all the members behind him are like, yes, but she kissed him, and he's. <laughs> Very awkward, and then the whole segment like that. Host just keeps saying "Despierta, América." You're like, "Fuck, man, calm. it's it's just it's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of energy in the morning. It is a lot of energy. What I assume is very early in the morning. Okay, then we had. Continuing on, 2019, BTS Love Yourself Tour, one stop in Brazil. Monster X, We Are Here World Tour, two stops in Brazil and Mexico. GOT7, Keep Spinning World Tour, two stops in Mexico and Chile. Momoland, Hello, Merry Go, Mexico, a specific one show in Mexico City. Twice took their Twice Lights World Tour on one stop in Mexico. Pentagon took their Prism World Tour to three stops in Brazil and Mexico. And then we had... SM Town Chile 2019, which you found was a bit of a disaster. It seems like
0: it was a slight bit of a disaster. So this was the first ever SM Town held in South America, and they held it at Chile's biggest venue, Estadio Nacional, National Stadium. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were the first Korean artists to ever perform there. But because this was such a big deal and it had never happened before, the idols were terribly mobbed at the airport in like a crazy way and then the following day when they went out to go sightseeing there were more incidences mm. of like crazy mobs um, so the fans were acting wild. And because of that, a pre-conference or a pre-concert press conference that was mm. supposed to happen was canceled last minute because all of the fans had rushed right up to the stage, mm. and security was trying to get them to back up to leave, and everyone was refusing. Wow, so they wouldn't bring the idols out. And it was just apparently like very, Messy. Just messy and wild and everyone was overexcited. But fans blamed the promoters of this concert, which is a company called Noix. I I don't know how they pronounce it, but N-O-I-X. Because apparently they only announced the show like a month before it happened. Mm -hmm. So people felt like they couldn't prepare. And then the ticketing tiers were very confusing and people Mm -hmm. didn't know what they were paying for. And like weren't happy with the seats they got. And there was like a lot of things. And it seems like this company, based on something that happened a few weeks ago, this company is notorious for fucking up Latin American tours. Yikes. Like J-pop and K-pop tours, Mm -hmm. like they seem to be the company that handles it and that they have fucked stuff up before. Mm -hmm. Because we'll get to it in a minute, but there was a music bank in Chile a few weeks ago that like went disastrously and people were saying it's because this company had burned too many bridges with Mm. other venues and didn't get the proper venue. I couldn't find like concrete details, but I kept finding comments in like old reddits and on stuff of being like, this is probably no ix's fault and so Mm. like i don't know they have a reputation for mishandling tours i guess intriguing but the official sm town statement about this tour is that it was amazing and it went off without a hitch that it was great great and such a wonderful time time. Mm -hmm.
1: so but i don't know but the behind the scenes is a little little bit of a different story So my last note for 2019 was an interesting uh, article that I found where Chile's Ministry of Interior blamed ongoing protests and civil unrest on K-pop fans. So what happened is that a report was released by the ministry where they analyzed the social media accounts of 5 million Chilean users. And what they essentially found was a correlation between people who were posting about protests and criticizing the government, they also often happened to be K-pop fans. Okay. So they connected the dots, right? Correlation
0: is not causation. Exactly.
1: (laughs) That's a real important principle of science, y'all. But so- That after analyzing the social media accounts of 5 million users, the ministry blamed the unrest on, quote, international influences and media and specifically asked the question, is K-pop behind the Chilean protests? Oh, dear. (laughs) K-pop fans were accused by the government of making comments against the Chilean police force and were found to, quote, mainly focus on questioning deaths during protests, frequently mentioning human rights violations and criticizing the silence of the media or blocking social media networks so they were pinpointing these uh young young people's problems to getting all riled up by the k-pop and i thought that was kind of hilarious and it will come back uh come back in a little while
0: yeah i mean it is it is ridiculous and it's very much just like look over there but i can see like if i was just saying that this same year sm town coming to chile causing like massive Panic in the streets and people acting wild at the airport. Like, that could have made the news or made its Mm, way to someone to be like, we have all this footage of the K pop fans acting so wild. Like, we can blame them for everything. And then you can be like, and
1: look, like all these people who tweet about K pop, they also tweet about protests. So they must be upset because of the K pop. I have, I've connected. Riling them. I have, I have connected them. So 2020, of course, things slowed down. We had only three tours make it to Latin America before everything shut down. The 17 Ode to You World Tour took one stop in Mexico. The Super M We Are the Future Tour took one stop in Mexico. And VAV Grand America Tour had four stops in Mexico and Colombia. It's interesting how, like, it's only showed up a few
0: times. But, like, Colombia seems to get, like,
1: just a little hint of the show every once in a while. Every... Yeah, it seems to be like Mexico's Mexico the main priority. Yeah, Mexico, Brazil, and then Argentina or Chile. Like those kind mm-hmm. of seem to be the secondary. Uh, which is interesting because I read that Argentina actually has the second largest Korean population in Latin America. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm but I'm, it is like the farthest. It's far. Away, yeah, it takes like a whole like, day to get down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's far. <laughs> all right, 2021, we're nearing the end of our timeline. The girl group. Third Eye held an online concert exclusively for Latin America on the Plus Vivo platform. More than thirteen thousand fans attended, wow. and they held a fan meeting after the show. It was hosted by Korean influencer Jinny from Jinny Channel and was supported by our favorite Korean cultural centers of Latin America. Then, uh, in 2021, Brazil and Mexico ranked in the top 10 countries tweeting about K-pop as number 6 and 8, respectively. Other countries in the top 20 included Peru, Argentina, Chile, Colombia, and Ecuador. Uh, And Latin America and India were the biggest emerging markets for K-pop on the platform in 2021 nice and in 2021 those same chilean k-pop fans were credited with getting the new president elected this.
0: this was enough news that this was like mm-hmm. texted to me by random family members <laughs> like this was enough k-pop in the news that people were like, like hey do you know k-pop about fans this
1: shut down the like dallas police right. twitter They're or whatever like, Yeah, yeah you yeah. know about this right so Gabriel Boric, who is the youngest president elected in the history of Chile at only t- 35 years old, he is very popular with K-pop fans and social media and even had a user at K-popers Por Boric, uh, who actively campaigned for him by having him pose with photo cards and different merch and then tweeted out the pictures. And after his win, K-pop fans organized an online lightstick challenge to celebrate. I love it. <laughs> K-pop and politics, baby. Uh, on my last note for 2021 is an interesting... TBD, we will see what okay. hat- comes of this because in 2021, HBO Max teamed up with CJ ENM, a Korean company responsible for many things, but also the producers of the show, I Can See Your Voice, and Mexico-based company Endemol Shine Boom Dog, who <laughs> produces shows such as Master Chef Mexico and Mira quien vaila, to co- create a new competition series. But the goal is to create the first Latin American boy band trained in k-pop okay okay so this will feature k-pop idols and latin american stars working together to select talent to send from latin america to korea to train Mm. in their secretive star making system (laughs) where contestants will be tested with challenges to evaluate their abilities as individuals and bring them together as a band But the show has not aired yet, so no word on whether or not this is actually a thing, but official announcements were made that it is in the works. I really,
0: that sounds really interesting, and I'd be happy to see it, but I remain skeptical. I remain remain (laughs) skeptical, and it's uh, the fact that HBO Max is the main partner, I feel like, is the biggest problem because HBO just merged with Discovery, Uh and they're, like, canceling all of their stuff and, like, making really shitty weird decision so i yeah. feel like something getting green lit on hbo max doesn't really mean anything anymore especially
1: when it was greenlit last year yeah, yeah, yeah. and then all of the changes started happening this year we will see we'll so see. like put a pin in that but it it was something it that interesting was in the works <laughs> at some point So that brings us to this year 2022 and some of the things that have been going on in Latin America so far. We had Dreamcatcher Apocalypse Save Us World Tour that took one stop in Mexico. The g Idol Just Me Tour took three stops in Chile and Mexico. Card Wild Card in Mexico and Chile did two stops in Santiago and Mexico City. Luna's first world tour included one stop in Mexico City as well. The Rose Heal Together World Tour had five stops in Mexico, Chile, Peru, Brazil, and Argentina. Then the Music Bank World Tour took one stop in Santiago, Chile, uh, and they brought ATEEZ, G Idol, NCT Dream, Stacey, The Boys, and TXT. Uh, And this was the first international music bank since the pandemic. But what happened at this one, Shannon? The problem is that it was held at an outdoor arena called Estadio
0: Monumental David Arellano. Nice and they were expected to have 50,000 people attend this show but the problem with this stadium is that it has an open top mm. and fans were saying watching the weather this is going to be bad it's going to rain on us like they kept like they say that they were trying to make it clear to the promoters that like the weather was going to be bad mm-hmm. and they should probably prepare for that but they did not um so only Stacy and the boys were able to do their stages and then when G-Idle came out they were performing La Tata, and there was a sudden, like, torrential downpour. It literally hailed oh at one point. The stage had, like, a foot of water Holy on shit. it. Shua ate shit and, like, fell on her butt. Like, and so once the G started falling, and there was so much water flooding the stage, they stopped the concert. But they told everybody, That they were going to come back like they stopped the concert for a minute and the rain did clear like an hour later the sun was back out. But then Music Bank had all of the artists just walk out and say sorry doesn't look like we're going to be able to do the show and they just made everybody wave goodbye even though the rain never came back.
1: Oh no. They like
0: they could have just like paused the show or prepared to have to pause the show but like yeah. And I guess safety concerns, the stage is wet, you don't want that. But they ended up, like, NCT, like, all those other groups didn't even get to perform. Wow, bummer. And so many people I saw, like, in Asian Junkie comments had, like you were saying in these other tours, flown from other mm-hmm. countries in the continent, like... Lots of people had flocked to this music bank and it didn't really get to happen, which is a bummer. That is such a huge bummer. And yeah, I saw one comment on Asian Junkie from someone who was there that like implied that the same no IX Mm. company couldn't get the covered stadium because of something they'd done previously in covered stadium. And they're not probably allowed to do shows there. Like implying that maybe they had ruined their relationship with the one covered stadium, which is why everybody was outside.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we need some new promoters in Chile. My goodness. My goodness. All right. Well, my last note for, uh, Latin America, Hollywood happenings in 2022 is about Momoland and the group formerly known as T1419, currently known as TFN, who visited Peru Uh, and these artists both have the same manager so that is why I'm talking about them in the same breath Uh, but they traveled together they had press appearances and walked the red carpet at the 2022 Premios Juventud Awards in Peru Momoland presented an award to the boy band Cinco along with Puerto Rican artist Guayna Uh, and the two artists previously had visited Mexico for a promo tour where TFN performed a cover of Daddy Yankee's Campion uh, and it sounded like this so as you can hear that is not daddy yankee those are the members of tfn who did not just do a dance cover but also learned all of the lyrics and daddy yankee saw and commented on this performance he wrote on social media in korean thank you your dance is great and fans were super impressed with their very fast Spanish rapping. And I also think it's very good. They really do a good job. Uh, TFN later released this same year, 2022, the song When the Sun Goes Down, which is a fully Spanish song co-written with Latin composers Daniel González Sobrino and Manu Manso. Uh, and their manager of both Momoland and TFN like I said it's the same guy and he is specifically focused on Latin America right now I saw an article where he said quote I tell my clients to focus on Latin America because it's such an important market that has sometimes been overlooked by K-pop this is only the start we want to continue releasing music in Spanish more covers more Latin collaborations post COVID a lot of doors have opened and we value this market for giving us love okay so they are making a concerted push to reaching out to that Latin American market, um, but I just wanted to note that this is the guy behind Camp LA, uh KAMP okay. festival. Um, so I don't know how you know yeah, reliable that, that guy is. Because but that's only his artists though. Like ones that showed yeah, up. Yeah, they were. The, you know <laughs> what? He got, got his people, people there. there. <laughs> he got his people there. Okay, he said they would be there, and, <laughs> and they, they were. That. That. Yeah. <laughs> So that takes us through the timeline of sort of the growth of Hollywood. Uh, in latin america through specific events but what i then wanted to cover is uh different collaborations between k-pop idols and latin american artists cool so the first one that i found was from august 20th 2016 mexican boy band cd9 featured crayon pop on their song get dumb So this was a very popular Mexican boy band, CD9, which stands for Code 9. They were around from 2013 to 2021. And apparently, member Alan introduced the rest of the group to K-pop in their early days with Big Bang's Bang Bang Bang. And the band reached out directly to Crayon Pop to collaborate and said, quote, It's a sound without borders. We love its rhythm. We want everyone to dance to it with us. And we think it sounds amazing with Crayon Pop's involvement. They released two versions of the song, uh, a music video with an English version, which is definitely not filmed together. Like Crayon Pop is absolutely across the ocean in this. They're just like in one little scene. Um, and then they also released a K-Mex version, which is in Korean and Spanish. That is what you just heard. Um, and the music video received more than 300,000 views in just four days in 2016. So it was very pretty popular. nice. That same year, on September 23rd of 2016, Ricky Martin featured Wendy on his song Vente Pa'ca. Now can you feel the way that I feel? If you want me like I want you, baby, I won't live without you until the morning light. So This original song featured Maluma, uh, and it was one of the most commercially successful Spanish language songs of 2016. It went number one in seven countries. Ricky Martin was already a mega superstar, and this is one of his biggest hits. So capitalizing on its popularity he released multiple remixes and two English versions one with Delta Goodrim and another with Wendy uh, and Wendy's version reached number one on Melon's international music charts she's gotten to do
0: at least two duets with like yeah Ricky really Martin and, and John, John Legend. Legend like
1: that's very cool yeah and I was surprised when I saw that this English version with her actually came out in 2016 because when I first had it on the list I was like oh sure he like remade it with her recently to like celebrate some anniversary or something of the song but like no it happened in 2016 like wow yeah fascinating all right then April 12th 2018 we have what many Latin K-pop journalists have labeled as the blueprint <laughs> for K-pop collaborations and that is Super Junior with Leslie Grace and playing skills on Lo Siento
0: Honestly, I don't disagree. By the way, with the oh, that it's the blueprint. That it no, is the blueprint. I agree. It's fucking it's great. Very, very good.
1: <laughs> it's very everything about this is excellent. Uh, Leslie Grace is a Dominican-American singer and Play and Skills are an argentinian Venezuelan production duo. This is a trilingual song, so the lyrics are in English, Spanish, and Korean. It debuted at number 13 on Billboard's Latin Digital Song Chart, which made Super Junior the first K-pop group to appear on a Latin chart, as opposed to an international chart. Okay, yeah, yeah, Mm yeah, because they... Because it's a Latin release. Now it's a Latin release. All All right, all right. So it's like getting radio play and stuff. Yeah. Lee Tuck said that Lo Siento was a gift for their Latin American fans. Quote, ever since we debuted, we had a big following in Latin America and they loved us from the beginning. So we always wanted to find the right opportunity to collaborate and sing in Spanish. That same year, July tenth, twenty eighteen. So this next one isn't technically a K-pop collaboration, but it's interesting and good. And you I have had to, talk to about include it. it. So we have KL June featuring Horacio Franco and Gamin with Cielito Lindo Coreano. so this is uh, a South Korean born pianist KL June who moved to Mexico as a scene as a teen and as an adult became a Mexican citizen and after the South Korean soccer team helped Mexico qualify for the second round of the World Cup. I remember when this happened. There was a lot of like camaraderie between the two countries and then Mexico was like so excited and we're like yeah Korean our friends they helped us. (laughs) So June was inspired to collaborate with musicians from both countries. Uh, Horacio Franco is a Mexican flautist, and Gamin is a Korean multi instrumentalist. Uh, and they wanted to release a song that blended cultural instruments to fuse the folk songs Cielito Lindo and and the music video is a tourism spot for oaxaca and was sponsored by the korean cultural center in mexico and the government of oaxaca so it's not a k-pop collaboration but it was a really beautiful like we love traditional instruments yes. here and this immediately flashed us back to our k-pop meets tradition Absolutely. episode and i just thought it was great yeah, that it's a
0: really fun blending and hearing that. I never knew what that song was called. I always thought yes. it was called ay Ay-ay-ay-ay, But hearing that on, oh, like, a tiny little Korean is so cool. It's so cool.
1: And then when you, like, hear the, like, Arirang, like, coming and building into it, it's just, like, it was great. It's very epic. It's very epic. All right, so then October 8th, 2018, we have Super Junior featuring Rake on Otra vez. So this was off of the album One More Time, which is what Otra Vez means. Uh, And this was promoted as a full Latin pop album. It had five songs, this plus Lo Siento, a super junior only version of Otra Vez, a track called Animals, and Ahora Te Puedes Marchar, which is a super junior cover of a Luis Miguel cover of a Dusty Springfield song titled I only want to be with you. Okay. So many layers. So many layers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I also, something I like about this music video, and I know that it's not always possible. Like, in, it, filming in making excuse for the rest of this yes, yeah. But I think it's great that both Super Junior videos have the artists mm-hmm. like physically with Super Junior yeah, and it yeah. feels like way more collabby than like a strange phoned in.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, where they're clearly in separate rooms or whatever. Right. Especially the Leslie Grace one because she does the full choreo right. with them. So and so like they really obviously like had to rehearse together <laughs> or whatever. So like it feels you know, fully fleshed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The following year on July 23rd, 2019, VAV featured De La Ghetto and playing skills on Give Me More, parentheses, un poco más. So give me more, un poco más. Laguero is a Dominican Puerto Rican singer and playing skills is the same Argentinian Venezuelan production duo that super junior worked with. Wait, no, not super junior. Who was it? Yeah, it was Super Junior. I was right. Okay, Uh, (laughs) just had to fact check myself real quick. They released three versions of this song, one that was mostly Korean with just some English and Spanish sprinkles, one that is entirely in Spanish and English, and then one remix as well. Um, And they are actually together in the music video. It has like fun tropical vibes, a lot of plants inside the rooms and like shirtless summer boys. And then there's like one scene where the boys are doing the choreo and then in that same scene, set de laguero is like there and then sometimes they are partying together but de laguero never does any of the choreography or anything he's just like there to say Un poco and like it.
0: <laughs> my one of my big notes for this one is there's like one scene where one of the vav boys is wearing a like fringe halter top yeah, It's like not even a shirt. Like it's just like a, like a necklace of fringe that covers his torso. But as soon as he dances, it like all moves. And I was like, that is a wonderful look. I
1: love it. It was good. It was it's a lot of really good looks in this music video. Our next collaboration came on September 27th, 2019 and is J-Hope featuring Becky G on the song Chicken Noodle Zoo. Tan mujer,
0: tiene flow que tiene
1: becky. becky g is a mexican-american singer she and j-hope met at the billboard music awards and both contributed to writing the trilingual lyrics of this song so it is in english korean and spanish they are actually in the music video together it's a very like simple choreo focused like them looking cool outside with like some dancers in the background and cars yeah and like a ju- low rider cars and stuff uh, and they did release a dance challenge in promotion of this song it samples or remakes the Webstar young b original track of the same name and it debuted at number one on the world digital song sales chart there you go then on december 19th of 2019 we had monsta x collaborate with sebastian yatra on the song magnetic Veremos con la ley de la atracción body, forget There's a Sebastian Yatra is a Colombian singer, and this has an animated music video. So not, they did not have to be together in order to to film this. Yeah, it's a kind of interesting,
0: like paper craft mm-hmm. kind of, like not quite a full stop motion, like a little stop motion, but they're kind of like boxy paper paper dolls, dolls yeah. with like South Park mouths. And then there's also like a photograph like of a black and white like woman mm-hmm. also moving through this weird but like, animated world as
1: a stop paper doll too yes, but a different but kind she's of a different paper kind. doll than the singers it's a very it's a weird artistic choice
0: i also wondered if because of the time that this came out i bet it took a very long time to get all of this paper craft animated so for that reason there is a very clear wanho of yeah. paper monster X's, and he was no longer in the group by this point.
1: Mm-hmm. But there are seven. Um, but there monsters. are
0: seven. And it's also funny because every time they like focus on one of the like paper monster X's for like solo lines, they only show the redheaded one, but they put Honey's voice and Keegan's <laughs> voice and shown <laughs> so They put everyone's voice over the same a piece of animation because I'm sure they did not animate the full five they probably only had you know like two minutes of animation and it's just like repeated Mm -hmm. and recycled a lot anyway it's an interesting I it's an interesting choice and I had never heard this song. I had
1: never heard this one either it is sung in English Spanish and Spanglish when it comes to I am's voice a verse he says hey no coma I just want to feel the flama on your body (laughs) that's not a word and perspire like magma yeah Lo nuestro es fuego. Answer my questions, cause I'm getting so loco. So that's what he that's says. <laughs> and Monster X said, "quote We are super excited for the release of Magnetic. This connection and song are very special to us and symbolizes the future of global music. We are very proud of it." There you go. The very next day, on December 20th, 2019, Mozart, La Para, and Jay Park released the song Son Malas. Body,
0: body Son Malas.
1: Mozart La Para is a Dominican artist And both he and Jay Park are signed to Rock Nation Or at least they were at the time This is a trilingual song as well In English, Spanish, and Korean And because they are both managed by the same company They are together for this music video It's a very simple shot of just like them in a parking garage And there's like motorcycles driving around them And then like sometimes Mozart is like hanging out of a car But it's just kind of like them standing there yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Then next up 2021 On March 17th We had Chonga and Guaina On <laughs> Demente And <laughs> Guayna is a Puerto Rican rapper, and Chonga said that she had previously learned some Spanish from her Mexican friends when she was growing up in Dallas, but she took private lessons and practiced with a fluent friend in order to prepare for this recording, and I think she sounds great. I loved it. I agree. I think this is like so
0: good, and I loved it, and that even though they aren't actually together at any point in the music video, I feel like they do a good job of trying to Make it seem more collaborative like mm-hmm. they filmed his stuff first so that she can be standing in front of a wall of TVs that has yeah, yeah, his yeah. shots in it or whatever. Um, but I think she sounds great and looks so beautiful and this song is really good. And I also just wonder if and again, I can't I couldn't properly judge other people's Spanish accents in these other songs, but I think I would just guess that it's probably so much easier to phonetically write Spanish with Hangul than it is to write English with Hangul. Probably. Like I
1: think it, the sounds
0: probably translate a lot
1: easier. And there's a lot of like, it's like softer vowels and consonants and Mm -hmm. like, cause like Korean is a very round language, a lot of like O's and A's and like Spanish is like that too.
0: Yeah. So I just wonder if, if it potentially sound slightly better than like songs in English because maybe Mm -hmm. just like language to language it's probably a little easier to translate the sounds
1: maybe maybe Um, but she, this song makes Changa the first soloist to sing an entire song in Spanish and collaborate with a Latin artist, uh, the first K-pop soloist, obviously. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Um, and Guayna is one of the first rappers to venture into K-pop. Um, and like you said, he is in the music video, um, but they are never in the same room, but it looks like it's filmed like at the same place. At least. Or
0: at least they tried
1: to make the vibes yeah, yeah, really yeah. similar, like, similar so. fancy hotels or whatever. Our last collaboration is from this year on January 13th, 2022. Momoland and Natty Natasha released Yummy Yummy Love. Yummy Yummy Love. Are you ready for love like this? Are you ready for your first kiss? Are you ready for yummy yummy love? Are you ready for yummy? Your- Natty Natasha is a Dominican singer. This song is entirely in English. Uh, but the music video features Natty as like a seventh member of Momoland. It starts out with just the members of Momoland at a roller rink through the first verse and the first chorus. And then Natty Natasha comes out for her verse and joins them for the chorus and is like in formation for the choreo and everything. I with thought them. this was
0: very cute, like in its pure collab way yes. of them all being together. Yeah,
1: it's very cute and fun. And like she looks cool good with them um and the member ayin said quote we want to continue releasing music in different languages if we had the opportunity we would love to record a song in spanish we are interested in being able to communicate better with our followers and this release preceded their appearances in mexico and peru so we may be getting some spanish momoland pretty soon
0: it sounds like that's what the mld guy wants to do so
1: that's his plan for sure So those were just some notable, it is entirely possible that those are not all of the K-pop Latin American collaborations, but those are the notable ones that I found that made multiple lists, etc., And so that brings us to our very last portion of our TED Talk today, uh, which is examples of K-pop songs with Spanish lyrics or titles. Okay, and I think that's a
0: good specific to rein in for this Mm -hmm. specific episode, but I was thinking on my drive over here that it is interesting if you were to, like, separate all of the different, like, influences on k-pop and the like type of genre songs that are popular i feel like latin music inspired songs have always oh, been part absolutely. of k-pop especially when we do our first jenny episodes mm-hmm. like latin american music was really popular in the early yes. 2000s like kind of everywhere and so i just think it's interesting that that's always been like a sound influence on k-pop as well.
1: Yeah, it totally has. Like, I mean, not only the like Latin pop that was really popular like in, throughout first gen, but also like to have a flamenco or tango concept is pretty popular. Sure. And then there was that whole period where Tropical House was really popular. And like then there are groups who have like Latin pop kind of built into their group concept and their group sound. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole like slew of ways that we could have gone about like talking. <laughs> (laughs) Talking about Spanish influences in K-pop. But when... And I wish I, I wouldn't take that on without like
0: taking a crash course in, because I say this all the time. I don't have any verbiage to describe different types of Latin music. Right, like, right, I right. don't know the to difference. To be able to say, like, that's cumbia and that's and bachata
1: and yes. that's whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because totally.
0: all that matters.
1: It does yes. matter. And <laughs> it takes a trained ear. And I, my ears don't have that training. So, what I decided to do instead was create a random sampling of K pop. Songs in which the Spanish language is used in either the lyrics or the title. Love it. But I will say this now very clearly this is not a comprehensive (laughs) list of every K pop song that has ever used the Spanish language. It is not intended. To be a comprehensive (laughs) list of all the K-pop songs that have ever used the Spanish language. This is just to paint a picture and provide a sample platter Mm -hmm. of how the Spanish language has been used in some K-pop songs. Love it are we clear yes i think that we're clear okay great
0: and i think if we if anyone has a problem with that and we want to start a collaborative list so we can together find them all fine
1: oh, and you know what there are playlists that exist already right. with songs in that with spanish i mean the k-pop random game group that we got last week was a girl group whose song was called loca they didn't make it on the list right but that exists sure 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 so there are many many more examples but this is just a random selection Love it i did not organize them in any way shape or form this was a list i made like as i was doing yeah well like as i was doing all of the other research i would just like jot some i'd be like oh like it came like somebody would mention this song so i would write it down or i would be reading about something and i would remember oh me gustas tu and i would write that down so this is just stream of conscious order it's not alphabetical it's not chronological and it's not comprehensive so here we go okay we're gonna start with card All right. Card has, like I said, kind of a tropical house Latin beat flavor to their whole vibe and concept. And they have two songs at least with Spanish titles, hola hola and dimelo. The first one only says hola hola in the chorus. That means hello hello. It is the only instance of Spanish in that song. But dimelo is mostly in Korean and Spanish, and the chorus sounds like this. those lyrics are te quiero solo para mi dimelo dimelo te quiero así te quiero así yo te quiero así yo te quiero así um so that means like i want you just for me tell me that you want me that way this is how i want you this is how i love you um then we have sf9 oh sole mio uh this song really just says oh sole mio in the chorus but it also throws in a few "quieros," and at one part says that oh That's Maria. Which really doesn't make sense in the context of the rest of the lyrics, but it happens. What does o sole mio mean? It means, oh, just mine. Okay. Or just for me. Okay. Like, whose is that? Oh, sole mio. It's just mine. It's just mine. Great. Mm -hmm. Then we had G-Friend. Their song is called Me Gustas Tu. And that means I like you. And they just say me gustas tu in the chorus. It is the only Spanish in the song. But then we have... One of my (laughs) ultimate favorite (laughs) Spanish K pop songs of all time. Got Seven's Lullaby, parentheses, Spanish version. So this is fully in Spanish. They also released versions in English and Chinese. Uh, and like I said, it's all in Spanish. The chorus: Hablame dulce, es mágico, sweet lullaby. Te deseo mucho más. Hablame dulce, es mágico. Sweet, talk to me. It's magical. No me puedo escapar de ti. I cannot escape you. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. Junyoung's accent is excellent. I fucking love this song. All right, moving on. T1419, currently known as TFN, earlier this year released When the Sun Goes Down, and it sounds like
0: this. <laughs>
1: So TFN is the group that recently went to Peru. Uh, The song is fully in Spanish. They sing, Nos levantos cuando cae el sol, which means we get up when the sun goes down. Solos tú y yo para siempre, just you and me forever. Algo natural, no hay como explicar. It's natural. We don't have to explain. Nos levantamos cuando cae el sol, which means we get up when the sun goes down. Um, And it has one instance of Spanglish in the chorus, which really made me laugh. And they say, When the sun se va... (laughs) Which basically means when the sun leaves. (laughs) And I just it tickled me. I thought it was so, so funny when the sun se va. So I feel like when the sun like when the sun va. It's just like when the sun leaves. If you said
0: that in Spanish, wouldn't it be like similar syllables? Cuando
1: el sol se va. When the oh, sun. Oh, cuando, I guess, va. has more, cuando slightly sol, more than when. When the sun se va, cuando el sol. Se va. Yeah, it would be six. As a, yeah.
0: Well, it's just that, because like sun and soul. Yeah, same yeah, yeah, letters, it's already like, the same and
1: like is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so close. It's so close, but it really made me giggle. Um, and they do have like a full performance music video in that horse arena glass ceiling place. Oh, that with, yes, like, the, the very popular yeah, yeah, music yeah. video. Mm-hmm. And so there's a full choreo, like it's a whole release. It just happens to all be in Spanish. Another example, we have V.A.V. Senorita. This song is mostly in Korean, but they do say the phrase Viva la vida loca, mamacita in the chorus. And they have a couple of you're my only senoritas like sprinkled in. Itsy has a song called loco, which means crazy. And they say I'm getting loco, loco a few times throughout the song. But that's the only instance. Then, uh, as mentioned earlier in this episode, we have Lunafly. And Lunafly, before releasing Recuerdos Hermosos, a full Spanish-language album, they released Super, Super Heroe in 2013, a fully Spanish song. Uh, and it sounds like this. Uh, so this song was released in 2013, and they had an English version and a Spanish version. And this was an early release back when there were three Lunaflies.
0: Okay. And then
1: when one of the members left, and they continued as a duo, they released Quiero Besarte, which we watched in our random game, and it sounds like this. <laughs> So both of those songs are fully in Spanish um, and we did not look into why, but they are. So there we go. Luna Fly loves to sing in Spanish and they are, I believe, still together. You Kiss has a song called Te Amo. Uh, They just say Te Amo and Amor love tonight in the chorus. But You Kiss had quite a presence in Latin America throughout their whole second gen stay. And at one of their concerts in Mexico City, the boys translated their own song, Dear My Friend, into Spanish and performed it as a surprise for their fans. (laughs) The fans were very excited. They even did, like, all the fast rap parts in Spanish, too. It's It's very cute. It's a very cute gift. IU has a song that's called Havana. Uh, They just say, Havana, you're my Havana in the chorus. But then in the second verse, she says, hola, muchacha hermosa, which means hello, pretty lady. Shiny has two songs. Uh, one is called Senorita, and the other is called Amigo. And Senorita starts with the line "Hola damas y caballeros, yo amigo, baila conmigo, somos Shiny," uh, which means "Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I friend, dance with me. We are Shiny." So a little bit of you know, SM, SM, sm- Spanish,
0: mismanish, mismanish.
1: And fun fact, they never actually say the word senorita in the song, despite it being the title. Wow,
0: that is interesting.
1: But I had to put amigo on the list because we need to set the record straight. And contrary to popular belief, amigo is not titled after the Spanish word amigo, but is actually hangul, a portmanteau amigo. go." Yes, for a very long
0: phrase which is daun mm-hmm. meaning you will suffer if you love the beauty. Mm-hmm. So that the amigo is for the "arum daun and the
1: like and the amigo mm-hmm. and the go and the 고생, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 exactly. So it's, so not, it's not, not amigo friend. <laughs> They're not shouting friend. They're saying you will They're suffer. They're saying you will suffer. <laughs> so not a Spanish word. Fun fact. But the album that Amigo is on does include Jonghyun's version of Y si Fuera Ella, which is a cover where he wrote Korean lyrics for the song, the Spanish song by uh, an artist named Alejandro Sanz. Super Junior has a song called Mamacita. They just say, hey, mamacita, in the beginning of the chorus. Gain has a song called Esperando, which means waiting. Uh, and the chorus says Esperando el amor a couple times. And then she has like yo te amo and like a couple Spanish words kind of sprinkled throughout. Mm-hmm. But it's mostly in Korean. Then the girl group Tri-B, tri period B-E, they have so far 3 different songs with Spanish words in the title and they seem to have a whole Spanish influenced concept cuz their debut single album was called Try Be da Loca. The Try title- be, be da Loca is like their <laughs>
0: little like Stacy <laughs> oh, girls it's yeah, going yeah, yeah. down like that's what they that's say. That's their
1: phrase. Mm-hmm. Um be Da Loca which isn't really Spanish, because if you're saying like, be the crazy, you wouldn't say da, it would be like, la, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so their title song was called loco. And they just say that phrase, try be de loca in the chorus. But their second single album was called conmigo, which means with me. And this had two songs, one is called loro, and one is called rub a dumb. Uh the song Rubadum, which was the B side, says Viva Loca a couple of times in the chorus, but loro is the one that I'm gonna play a clip of and it sounds like this. So these lyrics are in, in English, Korean, Spanish spanglish and also spitalian <laughs> so the lyrics that you just heard are me like dinamita, me like dynamite so what no me importa so what i don't care that's mi vida that's my life la viva dolce dolce vita that's the Italian, life, right sweet sweet life Spanish and Italian. Mm. And then... L'Ore repite... Como un loco loro... Parrot... Repeat like a crazy carrot... Do... Carrot... Parrot... <laughs> 17. <laughs> parrot... Re- repeat like a crazy parrot. Okay, okay. Dolce, dolce vita... Which again is Italian... For a sweet, sweet life. So... Those are the lyrics to okay, that one. Okay, okay. And then... Their third release... Their first mini album... Veni vidi vici... Which is also Italian... Was listed as the genres mombaton and reggaeton. Uh, and their song, Lobo, which is the Spanish word for wolf, mm-hmm. starts with, porque la noche, yeah, yeah, es oscura. And then they say lobo a lobo a few times in the chorus. But e es oscura is not Spanish. That also to me sounds like spitalian mm-hmm. because es. Isn't like a. Just an E by p- itself. Yeah, just is an not E by itself it's is not a thing, thing in Spanish. But then, like, it's like, why is the night so dark, I guess? Mm-hmm. Or, like, why is the night dark? Um, but that phrase doesn't really make sense in Spanish. And so, like, I don't know what's going on with Tribee, <laughs> but they're going for a real, a real international mix. flavor yeah, yeah, yeah. here. They're. Picking and choosing and throwing it all into a pot to see what sticks. Okay. okay. <laughs> the very last one I had on my list, mostly only because I saw it at the very, like of all my research, somebody was like, also this song has Spanish in it. And because we just did a whole episode about it, I had to throw it on the list. And that is Beck G. Young, My Ears of Candy. Of course. Te quiero. Te quiero. Mm. It counts. It's it the only count. Spanish It's in it. there. It's there. <laughs> So like I said, this is just an example of how K-pop songs have used uh, Spanish in the past. It ranges from just having a Spanish title to full Spanish versions or originally Spanish songs. Like Lullaby is a Spanish version of a Korean song. But when the sun goes down, it's just an originally Spanish song. Mm -hmm. So it's very cool that we get kind of the whole range and the whole gamut. Um, And there's so much more that I could have gone into. I mean, I didn't even go into sort of the more like modern aspects of K-pop interactions because like, For example, here in the U.S., something we didn't really talk about in our K-pop in the States episode was like the YouTube press circuit that people Mm, go mm, on mm. now of like everybody does those, you know, BuzzFeed with puppies or the Vanity Fair friendship tests or the glamour or whatever. Like they do all of those things. And I know that there is a similar circuit like that in Latin America, but there were just so many different things um, and avenues to cover in this enormous topic um so i just wanted to give us a bit of a a bit of an intro and a look uh, a general overview as to what the latin american market has been like for Hollywood.
0: well i think you did an amazing job Thanks. i loved hearing all about this it is so so interesting And yeah, I'm sure there is just like so much more and I'd be very curious. I know we have listeners in Latin America. Mm -hmm. Like if you have comments or stories about this, I'd be so curious to maybe do a follow-up about the rest of it. But like, wow, you found so much information and it's so fascinating. And I loved watching the old news reports and, like, all of the flash mobs and stuff. And it was just reminding me of, like, golden ages of K-pop. And I just, like, love seeing K-pop fans be K-pop fans. And it, you know, just reminds me that we're all the same. And I don't know. It's just really (laughs) nice.
1: (laughs) It is really fun with something like K-pop that has such specific, like, fandom cultures and traditions and rituals to like see the packages of like the super junior fans in Chile that are preparing for the show. And like, so they go to like a cup sleeve event or they have like their light sticks or they practice the fan chant or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, like yours, like we're all the same. Like we like, we're, we like all like these same things and we like them in the same way and we celebrate them in the same way. And it's just like a fun, humanizing little Yes. Tricks. I, I like it. it. I like it a lot.
0: So great work. I really appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you so much. I it had was fun. really good. Um and with that we'll be right back with a random game. All right, we are back in the random number generator gave us a solo artist who is currently promoting a new album. How what great timing.
1: And that is Chen from EXO. Yes. Birth name Kim Jong-dae, better known by his stage name Chen. Uh, he is a South Korean singer and songwriter, best known for his work in EXO. He's also a member of XOM and EXO CBX. He made his solo debut in 2019 um, and had previously released some OSTs. Some very, that were very, ones, very like popular. Like one on Descendants of the Sun yeah. and stuff. And one on It's Okay, That's Love. Huge drama. So uh, he's highly regarded as like one of the best K-pop vocalists like of all time. His voice is crazy beautiful. Um, And he has so far released three EPs. um, And he's a father of two. Yes. He's finishing up his military enlistment right now. No, he's already done with his military enlistment. He's out. Um he just put out a new EP um uh, like a week ago. and uh yeah, that's Chen. That's Chen. um he,
0: yeah, it's great. His solo music has been, um, it's very, it's mostly very standard like ballad music. Mm-hmm. A lot of the other exos like do choreo for their solo music or whatever, but like Chen Not always Chen. just like sits and looks beautiful and sings beautiful. And when we were in Korea in 2019, his second album was being played on the streets at a near constant level. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: it was everywhere.
0: Because he makes he makes the music that people want. Yeah, he's really popular with like like, ballad music. Yes. (laughs) And my whole life was made the other day. Uh, SM put a video on their YouTube channel of all of the exos that are out of the military, with the exception of Dio, because he is on a TV show right now all of them sitting around a conference table and listening to chen talk about his new album and they have like a packet of paper like explaining all the songs and all the lyrics and chanyol can't speak and he keeps being like i don't know how to be on tv anymore like you guys have to help me it's been too long and like it's a it was so great and it made my heart so happy it made me weirdly emotional because like Oh, we're, we, we have enough exos back that, like, oh shit, we can do exo content oh again. No, like, oh, God. Get
1: shenanigans. I can't take it.
0: But, anyways, new album is great. Highly recommend. My favorite song on it is called I Don't Even Mind. It's very good. He's great. So, we're going to watch his most popular music video, which is for his solo debut song, Beautiful Goodbye. Mm-hmm. So, if you'd like to watch that with us, you can pull it up and press play when I say go. Three, two, one now we were trying to think during the Mm -hmm. break that like i feel like we have watched this whole video on the show before Mm -hmm. and we couldn't remember why
1: yeah but i feel like i have a distinct memory of trying to describe all these veiled women dancers yeah and this like the way that he is like in front of a dead tree and like even the piano is like and the microphone is all camo made of covered and, It's like, like all covered. It, like in it branches. looks like it's made of branches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh right. The tree is like built into the I mean the piano's built into the tree. And the microphone is supposed to look like a stick, like from yes. this tree or whatever. It's very fairy house. Yes. Like, I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love made it. Made in like an alter, taking place in some alternate world. But it is interesting. Chen never plays the piano himself. I wonder if he knows how. Yeah, I don't he know. Always has somebody else sit and sing? Because like we've true. seen Becky play the piano. Yes, that is true. But not Chen. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't play the piano.
0: Maybe not. He does have quite a few, like, uh, lyric writing credits Mm -hmm. on his albums and on EXO albums. So I know he does lyrics, but I don't know if he's, like, a full composer.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might not be. Oh,
0: man, this song.
1: This song is so beautiful. So the woman playing the piano is wearing, like, a sheer pink outfit that has like a veil over her face and she has like a thorn a like crown of twigs
0: mm-hmm and it's a little oh and then here all of the modern yes. dancers show up in like ballet pink flowy simple dresses but they all have Fully veiled, like a Mm -hmm. whole piece of gauze over their face and a crown of branches. Yeah, just like the pianist. I feel like I remember comparing this to the first season of True Detective. Yes, where all the corpses show up dressed
1: like this. It's what I think of too. I'm sorry, Chen, but this music video makes me think of murders in the bayou. Ritualistic killings. That's what I think. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> sorry, Jed. But
0: it is there. You know there is something unsettling about this. Yeah, like, they I had mean, to have known that. You don't put people in these
1: in outfits veils. and have them yeah.
0: dance in slow motion in an empty desert if you don't want people to feel trepidation about that. Sure. I, and the song—it's a cool. breakup song, so yeah. it's supposed to make you feel bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, we're breaking up, but I'm going to make it nice is, like, the point of this song. Like, I'll just keep smiling until you're all the way gone so that this goes, that this parting goes sweetly. I'll make this goodbye as beautiful as possible. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Sad. But I totally respect his decision. To do nothing for his solos, like I will, <laughs> I will sit here and I will sing. uh-huh The new one—he's in a dance. car.
0: He's just driving a yeah. car the whole exactly. time. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I will not dance for you. <laughs> I love
0: that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So so beautiful. I, I was just thinking he's like one of the most consistent singers, mm. I think, especially in the sense that like when he performs live, he sounds exactly yeah, yeah, like yeah. he does on the recording.
0: And I remember being like extra impressed with him in like an EXO Showtime episode where they're just like fucking around and trying to outsing each mm. other and like oh he killed it
1: oh yeah 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 and like so like without effort yes like just effortless comes out perfect oh Chen! yay papa Chen! Hooray! we love all of our idol dads our exo dads making us another our generation dads. of k-pop kids yeah we'll be keeping an eye out on that sm daycare that they'll be building any day now
0: Absolutely. No, truly. This is my theory (laughs) is that because there was, it was announced recently that there's going to be some benefit concert somewhere, and the only people coming to it are Boa, Chen, and TVXQ. And I think it's because SM had to hire a daycare department for all (laughs) these kids. And so Chen and Chanyol are probably, I mean, Chen and. Chan excuse me, not Chanyol. I mean, fuck, he might have kids
1: out there who somewhere, who we knows. Don't know. But anyway He might not even know. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't Wait, I'm so sorry. I, I don't want to speak that into existence. No, you're right. I'm right, so you're sorry, right, Chanu. Right. That was a bad joke.
0: My point was is that it seems like there is a chance that Changmin and Chen will continue to just be like showing up on the same bill because yes, SM have has to, have to pay one babysitter.
1: Anyway, I love that it. Theory. Anyway, SM dads. Uh, weekly recommendation time. Yes. Do you want to get into yours first? Yes. Okay, so my recommendation comes courtesy of the subtitlers behind this 2011 Brazilian news, news. report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because when the journalist mentioned that DJs were using Hoot. In their sets, uh, the Subbers made a little translator note that shouted out a DJ called DJ Masa, M-A-S-A. This is a Brazilian DJ, and he makes mashups of K-pop songs like a Brazilian girl talk, mm-hmm. and they're so good, and my second gen heart absolutely fucking exploded yeah. because so basically he used to do one like every single year he has a playlist on his youtube channel um you can just google like dj Massa ma- mashup and you'll like pull up a playlist you'll go to his channel um but his channel has a whole playlist of all of the mashups he's made he's made like a yearly mix of all the greatest hits from like 2009, 10, 11, 12, like all the way to 2014 or 16. He has like a tribute video for Boa's 20th anniversary that mashes uh, her discography up with Michael Jackson. Amazing he stuff. He does a medley of just the SM town boys from h.o.t all the way, all the to, way to nct it's, so it's great. every from h.o.t to nct oh my god oh my how god, cute wow. i love that um it's so so good uh my absolute favorite one though is this like ultimate uh no 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 my favorite one is the one that mashes up all of the girl groups so i want to play a clip of it and i'll put it in the the link <laughs> so amazing. That one in particular is like all of these different second gen girl groups versus Luna's Paint the Town. Um, but he has so many. He like recently started making more again. Um, I think he had like sort of fallen off of the trend of doing it, but there are like some uh, some videos that are like only a couple years old or whatever. Super fun if you're a fan. If you were a fan of K-pop between the years 2008 and 2014, you will get a total kick out of this. So DJ Masa M-A-S-A. He has a whole YouTube channel of his mega mashups and they're super fun yay okay great
0: i have one thing to shout out that's on topic which great. is we were talking about the youtube like circuit of idols doing fun shows and that there is a channel we've talked about it a bunch of times, but just to be on topic and shout it out, the main channel is called hello 82 and they do all kinds of different fun idol content, but a lot of it is language based and they do Spanish episodes and Indonesian episodes and all different languages. But the cool thing about this channel is that they have split off channels for all of the languages that they support. So there is an Ola 82, channel where all the subtitles are in Spanish instead um, and they have the other languages as well so like just fun nice ways to um, enjoy the same content but like carefully catered to the specific language you speak and i think that's so great in just a international k-pop spreading way
1: yeah we love it we love the hollywood wave
0: so those are so fun if you've never watched any of those they're a great time especially if you speak the other language that the idols are having to struggle with for the game it like makes it even more funny Um, but those are great but my other recommendation is just a straight up nothing to do with this particular episode recommendation, which is that a girl group debuted a week ago that I'm already like obsessed with. I can't get enough of girl groups this year. It's so <laughs> great. I'm like behind on a bunch of other K-pop. Like I haven't even listened to like Hee whole album yet because I'm only listening to girl mm-hmm. group stuff anyway. One of our listeners, Harley, tagged me in this group's debut music video because they are using that folktronica vocoder mm-hmm. sound that I'm so freaking obsessed with. This group is called 5050 and it's spelled out F I F T Y F I like not the numbers it's spelled out it's a four member girl group their debut ep has four songs on it they're all very different from each other mm. but i think that they have a generally cohesive song the song login is definitely more of that like noisy nct kind of like k-pop-y k-pop mm. and the other stuff is a little more experimental but loving me is the like vocodery song that is so good <laughs> And then I would also want to recommend the song Tell Me, which is kind of like Brave Girl-Y, Ooh. like a little um City Pop great brave girls nice. vintage vibes.
1: Like. You, like it, me, yeah. face, so I
0: anyway, I just like love it and I think it's so great. And they've put out either a music video a performance or a lyric video for all four of these oh, tracks great. so there's like stuff content. to watch for all of them and they've only been around for seven days and wow. like i love that so check out the Fifty Fifty debut ep it is called the 50 and i think it's great Fantastic. so that's my recommendation
1: so on topic only seven days old i only know
0: i can't so believe it um, but that is it for this week if you would like to get in contact with us we can be found at Pod on Twitter and Instagram Pod at gmail.com for emails 181 AMAKpop5 if you'd like to send us a text or a voicemail P.O. Box 26096 Los Angeles, California 90026 for regular old snail mail Patreon.com slash Pod for bonus episodes every month and other special surprises Linktree slash a Make K-pop for our Spotify, our YouTube. We have a great playlist for this week's episode of like yes. not only all the songs we talked about, but if we found the actual news reports that were referenced, they are linked in the playlist as well.
1: Yes. So the playlist starts with like all the clips we played and then the latter half of the playlist is... Uh, news reports News
0: reports And some uh, flash mobbies And things yeah, that yeah, I yeah. found From throughout the years So check that out It's all great um, Next week We have a very Specially timed Deep dive For something special Maybe you can put Context clues together And figure out What we might be doing Ooh la la but, was a mystery Ooh I'm gonna tease it But come back for that It'll be fun Thank you so much For listening We love you Goodbye Adios Yan, you're our inspiration.